0: Hello everyone. Don't tell Matt I said that. Weiger here. So we recorded this week's episode and next week's episode on this past Monday, because Matt's going out of town. On Tuesday, the news broke that Microsoft is acquiring Activision Blizzard for a staggering $68.7 billion. So we recorded in advance of this news. If you're wondering why we did not touch on The Biggest Story in Gaming, you know our podcast. We're dipshits. We're not going to offer trenchant insight into what this means for the industry at large. If you are looking for that, may I recommend the episode of Giant Bobcast from this past week with Jeff Grubb? Uh, They really dig into the analysis of what this means from a business standpoint, from a legal standpoint, Uh, how this possibly originated. It's a great listen. It's right at the start of the episode. So check out Giant Palmcast uh, with guest Jeff Grubb. As for my own thoughts, just speaking as a gaming hobbyist and veteran of the industry, and by the way, you can thank me for my service, who actually worked at Activision back in the day. I mean, it's first off the amount of money involved $68.7 $68.7 billion, all cash is just absolutely B A N A N A S, bananas. I mean, I'm not the person who came up with this, but to put this into perspective, you know, Disney paid about $8 billion combined to acquire Marvel and Star Wars, two of the most lucrative properties in all of entertainment. So take that $8 billion. And add another $60 billion. And that's how much the was spent to acquire, you know, the publisher of Call of Duty, uh, Overwatch, Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Um, and I guess, you know, we talk about. Game Pass a lot on this podcast and what fans we are of it and what value it is. Uh, In the short term, it's going to be an even more amazing value, it seems. Uh, We're going to start getting some of those aforementioned franchises onto Game Pass, I assume day one, in the same way that all those Bethesda franchises from the past Cinemax acquisition are going to do the same. I guess probably in the medium to long term, we may be looking at the grim reality of the video game industry starting to resemble what's happened with movies and what's happened with music which is the we have switched from buying content to subscribing to services that offer libraries of content so you know we no longer own anything and also what we've seen on the labor side of film and the music industry in particular is that Compensation for the artists who create the content that you subscribe to these services for has fallen through the floor. And especially for, you know, working class professionals, songwriters, musicians, producers, writers, actors, uh, grips, stagehands, scene painters, greensmen, caterers, etc. Uh, yeah, so it's a uh, it, hopefully that won't happen with this acquisition hopefully this won't uh, exacerbate that but who fucking knows because to be honest uh, the bad conditions uh, the bad labor conditions in the industry are part of what provoke this no doubt you know that's why activision blizzard put itself up for sale because they were about to get the hammer thrown down on them by the state of california anyway uh, just wanted to touch on that real quick and let you know why we're not talking about it this week or next week Uh, But I'm sure it'll come up in the future. Seismic, absolutely seismic. Just one of the most shocking things I've ever woken up to in terms of gaming news. Relax, not comparing to this some sort of world crisis, although perhaps it will provoke a world crisis. We're going to just going to have to wait and see. Uh, But I just wanted to give a little bit of a Bill Simmons-esque monologue up top to uh, Talk about this wild thing that you're maybe listening to the podcast to hear about. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Sorry for not having any extended analogies comparing this to Rounders or Karate Kid Part 3. Uh, but uh, enjoy this week's episode and fuck Bobby Kotick. But first, Pearl Jam. Break the CAR!
1: Begin.
2: All right, all right, all right. I got this. Okay, I got yeah. this. Okay. Yeah. Give I got it a got your. This. Give it. Give it a go. I got this. Oh! 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 Oh, uh. Uh. oh my hand! Oh my! Oh hand! Oh my God! Jesus Christ! Oh my hand!
1: Oh my hand! Your hand oh. is like fl- oh. shattered. Oh. oh! 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 Keep there. going. You're doing there. great. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, you. Uh, 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 let me. Let, let me try.
3: Oh, Fuck!
2: Oh! Oh, no! I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna kick it! Jesus I'm Christ! It. I'm, gonna it. I'm gonna try kicking it! I'm gonna try kicking it! OH MY GOD! Oh, I'm gonna throw up! I'm no. gonna oh, throw God. up! No, you
3: do if you uh, <laughs> throw up, I'm going uh, uh. Now you oh. got it! Keep oh, smashing.
1: We're doing good! <laughs> I can't <laughs> kick it! I can't kick it. I'm wearing an open toe.
2: I'm going to stand on top of the car. I'm just going to drop on another windshield. Maybe I'll break something in a windshield that way. Oh, yeah.
1: Use your full body weight.
2: <laughs> let me, let me. <laughs> climb it up. climbing up. Okay. And trust fall.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, uh, your uh. spine is poking through your front.
0: Oh, uh. and five, four, three, oh, God. two, time's up.
1: Perfect!
2: Ooh. Hey, we, we we did good. Wait, I think the car is the one fighting.
1: Congratulations, car! <laughs> God
2: ah, damn it! Damn it!
0: We get a masterclass about all things Street Fighter Three and fly blind on game reviews this week on Get Played.
2: to Get Played, the show where we discuss everything we're playing, played, and will play someday. It's your one-stop show for good games, bad games, and every game in between. It's time to Get Played! I'm your host, Heather Ann Campbell, along with my fellow host, Nick Weiger. And hi, I'm
0: Nick Weiger, the whiz pig, along with my fellow host, Matt Apodaca. Hello,
2: everyone. (laughs) Hello, everyone. And you know what? I'm really excited about today's episode, so... Welcome back, Bucket.
0: Wow, I'm excited too. I'm this is this is a new uh, format, which will this is a new way of doing this particular type of episode that we'll get into in just a little bit. First up, I do want to touch on. As of this recording, uh, we're, we're we're about a week in advance of a release, so we're coming off of uh, AGDQ 2022, raised a sh- shitload of money, um, games done quick, uh, streaming a bunch of speed runs. And some of these are staggering. I mean, just like just in terms of what people were able to accomplish. Uh, Mega Man 2, any percentage, 27 minutes. Uh, A couple other ones I flagged real quick. Uh, Let's see. Psychonauts 2, 90 minutes, one hour, 30 minutes, any percentage. Super Mario Galaxy, uh, two hours, 21 minutes. But the one that really blew my mind, that I was talking with the two of you about, uh, streamed by Mitch Riz, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, two hours, 35 seconds, already impressive, hold on, blindfolded, a blindfolded Sekiro run, imagine how many reps it would take. Just for I'm, I'll just talk yeah. about myself for me to get to a, a like a, a fucking beating a soul's born in two hours
1: flat and then you add a blindfold. How is this possible? Human beings are amazing. That's that's enough for me to uh, write this person in on my ballot for the next president. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like, Unfortunately,
0: I, Mitch Riz is uh is the alias of Mitch McConnell, so oh, no. you kind of boned yourself there.
2: <laughs> you know Dude. what? If Mitch McConnell sat down and blindfold speed Sekiro, I'd be like, man, I have judged this guy unfairly.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, he has. That would be opinions. enough been... for me to reevaluate everything about his life. Yeah, there
0: there'd be nothing. There'd be no coming back from that. <laughs>
2: I, I, when you say that, when you said that, Nick, or you texted us that, that, mm-hmm. that blindfolded run, I was like, it's, it's incomprehensible to me. It is more, it makes more sense to watch an NBA basketball match and be like, I, f- I can understand how a human being can do this. A blindfolded video game run, speed run of, of a cl- notoriously difficult game yes fucking impossible. I don't understand yes. it.
0: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And hey, I've watched my share of NBA basketball matches and I agree.
2: If you're like just a few degrees off in a three dimensional Uh game while you're running at somebody, the whole map realigns and you'll never find your way ever again. Right.
0: It it requires unbelievable skill and dedication. It's just like I'm just I will never be that good at anything. And the single-mindedness that it requires in order to dis- achieve that level of mastery. It's its unbelievable. It's unreal. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Yeah. And congrats to those dudes for raising so much money. Uh, yeah. Really, really, just an impressive, impressive event they put on.
1: That's the part uh, that, that I, so I guess I didn't realize was part of it. I didn't realize yeah. it was like a a charity thing. So that's even, one, way to flex on everybody. Two, you did a good thing. That rocks. 3.4 million dollars uh, Wow! For this particular
0: run. So
2: less impressive than a blindfolded secure <laughs> run. Yeah,
0: not as cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but anyway, that's that that's what was uh, that's what I was I was paying attention to game wise. Mm-hmm. But hmm. I guess I'll put it to the floor. What are you guys playing? What are you what playing? What are you playing? Th- <laughs> How, Let's talk how about many some video times, games we got. Yeah. How mm-hmm. many can,
2: how many times can I do that before I blow out my voice permanently? Like that's not a. I'm in pain when I do that. Yeah. Just so the listeners know, I'm in pain, and also I'm in pain when I do that voice. So just you know.
1: Yeah, the running total right now is four. Yeah. What are you playing? Okay, we're adding a fifth one to it yeah. now. So you only
0: have so many. You're like Randy the Ram and the Wrestler. When you do that dive off of the top rope, at some point your heart is going to explode. My, but how my committed to showmanship are you?
2: My throat will burst, yeah. and like a little, like a little Resident Evil guy will come out, and he'll be like, "Gotta go,
3: um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> guys." I think I want to go first on this on, on this week's what yeah. are, What are we playing? Because I'm this today's today's episode made me go back and play a bunch of fighting games mm-hmm. that I haven't played in a long time, which also made me decide to drop coin on a brand new PS5 fighting stick. So I am, as of this record, going to give Street Fighter V a second chance. Wow. Wow. And I'm going to do it with an arcade stick because I... I was like, "Ah, maybe maybe my old arcade stick will work on the PS5." No, of course it doesn't. Mm. Like, why? They, they can't make money that way. No. You have to have a PS4 stick or a PS5 stick, so I got a new PS5 Victrix fight stick. Uh, did my research, found a good one, found what's most important to me is how heavy it is because I'm a violent fighting game player <laughs> yes and so i need the stick to be heavy enough that it won't move around on my coffee table mm-hmm. while i'm playing a video game but like that's that is i guess my personal video gaming news of the week is i'm gonna leap headfirst back into fighting games wow and see what i can wow. see and maybe this will last a couple of weeks a couple mm-hmm. of months Or maybe it will, this episode marks a sea change, a course correction, a new direction for me as a player reinvigorated by the constant playing of Final Fantasy VII First Soldier. (laughs) (laughs) Where I'm like, fuck, I really do miss like fighting against other people. Right. So that's what I'm doing. That's my, that's, that's what I'm playing is I'm playing the waiting game of waiting for that fight stick to arrive. So that I can play Street Fighter V on my PS5 against other people, which is gonna be a lot of catch up, also. Cause I played it when it first came out mm-hmm. and I was so fucking disappointed. Yeah. So bummed out after playing Street Fighter Four every day, every day, every day for so long. The Street Fighter Five was like, ugh. But I hear it's a really, really, really fucking good game now. So Wow. That's what, is, what I am playing and what I will be playing.
0: What is the I've I never I never played five. I never messed around with it. It's been it's had some some patches, some updates, some addition some DLC, I imagine that it's 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 a little bit more balanced now. What what were the issues with it initially?
1: It shipped oh. without a campaign, right?
2: Well, yeah, it shipped yeah. without a campaign, and then also it shipped with like a really strange roster. And the balance was wrong. I think it was slower than four initially, um, and I didn't. I specifically didn't like the new systems. Like I really liked the there was a, a, I forget what it was called in Street Fighter Four that was like a a shock absorbing system where you would take one hit to mm-hmm. unleash an unblockable hit, and then that would be a setup or a count. Or it it was a a system I was familiar with, and then that was sort of done away with, with five. So that plus, and the the online play was like all fucked up too. So I, I, I played it for two months and was like, this is bumming me out. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've, I've kept on my like Twitter news roll enough street fighter people that I still see clips of people playing now. Yeah. And I'm, depressed when i watch them because i don't quite know what's exceptional about the clip i'm watching you know like when you see a fighting game replay and you're like i don't know what the fuck is happening here or why everybody is like this is really incredible and to be on the outside of the circle on street fighter 5 i gotta get back in yeah you gotta that's my that's my big move this week guys i love that getting a getting a new fight stick
1: yeah, I, uh, I think I've spoken about this before. Um, I was super into um, Street Fighter 4 as well. Um, and that was like a big game for me and my friends. I think my senior year of high school. And um, we like we drove to an arcade in West Covina because we found out they had a cabinet and it was like a huge and we just got shit housed by the people that were playing there and we were like oh wait we're be- we're not good at this um but i i yeah i have a special fondness for that game as well and i remember being excited when street fighter 5 came out and then uh like not ever really engaging with it and then also yeah. not ever going back to street fighter 4 i would love a i would love a street fighter 4 port on on anything now on switch on uh, any, any anywhere i can get my hands on it because i loved it well I
2: don't everything know should heard... be on
1: everything that's my <laughs> that's i've I, I, every game should be playable on
0: every platform yeah
2: yeah is, i don't like, know just, if you guys let's... have heard the big yeah. the big rumor this week is that ps3 games are about to be backwards compatible on the ps5
0: that would be really impressive if they're able to do that because the hardware for ps3 was so distinct I don't know if it's going to be emulation what what they're going to do, but if they if they're able to do that, that that'd be really something.
1: Yeah, we can finally get our hands on playing uh, some of those those fabled PS3 classics, such as uh, The Last uh, of Us. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, yeah, see,
2: gotcha. I fucking gotcha. God of War, God of War three. <laughs> I yeah, <got> you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Metal Gear Solid, Guns of the Patriots. Uh, oh, it's, yeah, oh, it's good.
2: It's good. There's it's actually good. No of good PS3 games.
1: <laughs> Lots of good ones. Why was I being salty? I don't. Maybe the maybe uh, <laughs> my my blood has been infected by uh, the uh, the Xbox kidness of my my being. Huh? Your persona. It's like it's Blah. like a, a symbiote. Yeah, it's overtaken your personality. Exactly. You being uh, the Xbox kid. Yeah, uh, and I guess maybe that's what I'll say for what I'm playing. Is um, what are you playing, Matt?
3: <laughs> that's
1: six. Up to six. Yeah, you're 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 on you're on thin ice. I I could hear I could hear I could hear the chords getting thinner. <laughs> um. I, 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 you know, we, I talked about playing. We, we talked about on the show playing Super hot super, super hot in VR, uh, yes, and how fun that was. And I had not played any of the Super Hot games other than the VR one, and I wasn't sure how much of a difference there is in the um, like console versions of it. And so on Game Pass, they have one of the Super Hot games called, I think, Super Hot. Uh, mind control delete or something i think that's what it's called and i started playing it and get this it's exactly the same uh it's not like the same uh <laughs> like it's i mean same concept basically you you your um time moves when you move only so you can sort of stop and look around and figure out what you're supposed to do it's it's i'll say a lot easier um than i can imagine yeah Than the vr version um but it's still that cool like very fun slick like uh like cool gameplay uh i haven't messed around with it that much but i was just kind of missing that feeling but i guess didn't want to uh put the the vr headset on Uh um, yeah so it's
0: just it's just enough work sometimes where you are just like ah eh, this is fun but uh i gotta I do all of this I went I went uh, to play some Oculus last week and then my like my I just left it unplugged overnight thinking it would be fine. Yeah. And zero percent battery. Oh, so man. Like, well, there you go. That's I'm not going to play this today.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I I. yeah. So I was playing I've been playing that a little bit and, and having a lot of fun with that. Um. And I guess I'm still I'm still playing. I'm I'm playing too many things now, guys, and I have I got a game that I haven't started that I that I really want to play that I'm I'm w- hoping to have some time for. Have you heard of Death's Door? Oh yeah, I haven't started I've heard it. of it. I I, I I everyone says it's good. It won people it was, love it. People it was winning awards and is like a fan favorite uh, last year. So I picked it up because it was on sale, and uh, you know. TBD 2022. I'll be playing Death's Door at some point. Uh, wow. Hopefully, little little tease. Hopefully, before I'm on Death's Door. Yeah, Jesus.
2: Yeah, let's hope you're never on Death's Door, Matt. As well, long I don't as want to live forever. Exists. That sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Tell turn. me out. I'm in. I'll live. I'd love to live forever. If you're out there and you know how I can do it, p- contact me at the at ear at earwolf.com or. Yeah. However, our podcast is streamed. Yeah. Just get get in touch. (laughs) I would give my soul to the Dark Lord. I just want to be clear. Oh, I would do that too, but I don't want to live forever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was reading about life extension and how there are some people who think that it will be like there will be a breakthrough, but what it will be will be extending like your your 80-year-old plus years. So instead of living to like your 80s or 90s, you know, at the high end, you can live to 160, mm-hmm. but it will be an additional 80 years of being an, a, a slowly decaying 80-year-old, which to me is like, do you really want that much yes. of your... Okay, yes. Heather's in.
2: I'm fucking in. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know what, you money you also- save going out to dinner?
2: <laughs> <laughs> also, I think that... If, you, if we got an additional 80 years now, mm-hmm. right, uh, and, then, and then I was 160, I bet there would be life extension technology at that point that could help reverse the aging process.
3: Mm. So
2: you, you have to make it past the curve right. to go into orbit. And once you're yeah. in orbit, then, then you can perpetually be a little bit younger and a little bit younger. I don't know how that solves the problems of, say, capitalism yeah. or environmental destruction or carbon footprints. Yeah. But, you know, if I'm not going to ever procreate a child of my own, yeah. then maybe, mm-hmm. maybe uh, you know, the future AI beings could be like, eh, it's a wash with her. It's okay.
1: What I, what I would guess... If we know anything about the world, is that all of those things that you mentioned would become worse no matter what? Like, <laughs> it's Great. certainly not going to help. Sure, uh, yeah, no. J-
0: just the rich will have the the uh, endless lifespan, yeah, and everyone I, else will
1: die young. I think I and would rather I should... have New Game Plus. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, but start hey, off start... at like 18 or something. You start life again at 18, but you have all the knowledge that you you of a crude in your in your time on earth however long it was disagree make me a baby with a adult brain go on heather
2: (laughs) i think having the perspective of a 30 year old at 18 would just make your life hell Mm because like other 18 year olds would be like i fucking told you this i hate you i hate you'd you be like dude what are you upset about like you're not actually mad at me you're projecting yeah you're projecting and it wouldn't matter so you'd be like in a fun house Where you knew the way out, but nobody would come come with you.
0: But then couldn't you just be like, I'm an old soul and then like date a (laughs) 35-year-old?
2: Oh, why always with you, Nick? Immediately. (laughs)
1: This is a little different because everybody involved is of age, um, yeah, but, <laughs> and
0: have thirty-year-old brains. Uh, super hot mind control delete was the standalone expansion to the original game. Yes. So yeah, super hot, and then super hot mind control delete was and some extra levels. This
1: one, yeah, it's it. The thing that I've noticed oh, so far, it's procedurally
0: generated. I'm sorry,
1: is it procedurally generated? That that's makes what, a lot of sense. That's what the description says. Yeah, because every time you finish something, it's like okay, it's over, unless you want more. Uh, right. And I'm always a little scared. I'm like, well, it's like doing what the game is it's controlling my mind. I do want to play a little more than what they're telling me to do. Uh, right. But it is, I just like it. It's a cool art style. I, I, I'd play a million uh, <laughs> super hot games. Add the procedurally generated stuff to the VR mode. I'd love that.
0: Uh, hey, speaking of procedurally generated, <laughs> I've been playing this roguelike that's in early access right now. It's called Vampire Survivors. I love this game so much. It's mm. so it's so so fun. It's so so simple. And I was trying to think of how to explain it to you, and I could, uh, but I think I'll, as I'm talking through this, I'm just going to show the two of you a little bit of a playthrough, just so you can get a sense of how this game works, and also our listeners can hear some of the music and sound design, which is very simple and very charming. This game is so clearly Castlevania expire, uh, inspired, rather from an aesthetic standpoint, uh, but the gameplay is a lot more roguelike bullet hell. And I'll show you to what what I mean here. So let me go ahead and share this with you. So here we go. I already love the music, yeah. So I'm playing as this character right now. So here's the only gameplay here is movement. So all the attacking is automatic. And right now uh, this character's innate uh, ability is a magic wand that shoots at the closest possible enemy. So I'm just surrounded by a bunch of bats, I'm walking up, and I'm blasting the nearest bat. Now, you get levels pretty quickly, especially in the early game. That's what just happened now, uh, that little gadush sound, is Mm -hmm. I got myself a level up. uh, And uh, so I can get a a few different power-ups, and each time, you know, it's kind of card-based. It's like every time you you get a level, you have a range of different abilities you can choose from. I can improve my magic wand. Uh, I can get myself a knife. Again, very Castlevania-inspired. Fires quickly in the face direction. Or I can get myself some garlic. Uh, which kind of gives me a little bit of a ward, and so now I got this garlic. Mama mia! And this is all this game. It's it's this is all the game is. You just walk around, you're auto attacking, uh, and then you gain levels, and you gain treasure, and you gain power ups, and you play for as long as you can until you die. Wow! Uh, which in my case has been about 11 minutes in general. Wow! Um, so it's I can't describe how much fun I'm having right now. This is like, this looks like nothing. Like, I'm sure if you're just watching it, it's just like a little, you know, uh, 16-bit character just walking around a map that's just a very, you know, sort yeah. of plain grass texture uh, with a bunch of bats attacking. But I'm having the absolute time of my life. Alright, so I just got another level. I can get an axe. I can get a whip. Again, get a very Castlevania cross. Just looks like the straight-up Castlevania boomerang and behaves like it. I'm gonna go with the axe. So the axe, as we see... Uh, as you'll see, auto attack shoots above you. So uh-huh. this kind of changes how you play a little bit. You want to try to get these mobs. And as we see more mobs are coming in now, uh, you want to kind of get these mobs now above you so you can attack them from below. Uh, we got like some little scree- creepy scaries here. We got some ghoulies. Yeah, we got like uh, a zombie wearing overalls. I'm a little scared. Th-
2: this yeah. game looks like it was designed for Windows 95.
0: It does. Yeah, it does kind of have that. It, it, it very much has a 90s aesthetic. I mean, that's intentional. And also, I should say, you know, it's in early access right now. The developer Pankle, uh, who I l- just looks like a, a solo dev, but I honestly can't tell. Uh, so this is like version 0.2. This is a very, very, you know, early release. But already the gameplay loop is just so, so unbelievably fun. And, uh, you know, we may have tuned out the music at this point if it becomes a little too annoying for our listeners to be looping in the background here. Uh, but I'm still playing this. I'm still having a joy. And, you know, so much of it is just like a, the risk reward of don't get surrounded as we see progressively larger yeah. and larger groups of enemies start assaulting you. Uh, and you're trying to collect these little diamonds, which give you ex- EXP and let you have more levels. Here's a shitload of bats. Look at all those bats. Big fucking oh swarm of bats. Oh my God. Look at all those bats. So yeah, it it just turns into sort of bullet hell feel where there's more and more enemies. And it's also just so gratifying to make continuous progress. So I'll stop sharing now and I'll stop ranting. But if you have, uh, if you have a gaming PC uh, and uh, you want to mess around with something, that's $3. The cost of a latte, $3 for this game. I guarantee you'll get $3 worth of fun out of this thing. uh, And and you'll support a developer who's making something that's that's just like really, really uh, and, and intriguingly simple design. I, I, I I'm I'm so I'm so jacked about this game. It's that's just so awesome. fun, Matt, you should stream this game. I think this would be a great streamer.
1: I, I, I don't have a gaming PC. I, that's the thing that we were mm. saying earlier about things being uh, I understand why this particular game might not be on everything because it's a solo developer developing on the, you know, the thing that they're able to. Um, yeah, and it's in early access. Hopefully so. when it, it gets a full release, uh, I'll get I'll get to get my hands on it. Because it looks like it's simple enough. It should be able to run on everything. Um, yeah, I would is, think
0: so. And this would be such a, a great Switch game too. Sorry, go, go on, Matt.
1: This is brings up something that I've been thinking about recently that's not necessarily a video game, but something I've just been thinking about. Where are all the vampires? I feel like vampires were like a big thing in mm-hmm. like the late 90s, early 2000s. Now they're gone. Well, there was like Twilight,
0: right? Twilight yeah. was like a huge Dracula franchise, yes. and then they also had True Blood. Yes, people might have gotten burned out on Dracula's. Are, are are there still? Well, hey, you know Castlevania on Netflix, the the oh, anime is, yeah. is,
1: is pretty decent. Uh, people people are into that, and I just I just know everything is zombie, so I'm just sure. like I could, I could get down with some vampires if we want to get a new take on vampires. Like, let's go. I'm interested.
0: Well, they're also like they're they're a little like zombies are gross. And very scary. Draculas can be a little sexy.
1: Yeah. Oh, I guess we're forgetting what she we do in the, the shadows field. also. Like, that's like, there you pretty go. good. That's a, yeah. Big time. Very good. Very fun. Um, but I'm down to get a little scared or maybe a little. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? Wait, what's that? You know,
1: a little. I think you did a little wolf, wolf, wolf whistle. <laughs> <whistles> <whistles> hubba. Yeah, hubba.
2: Wait, for a Dracula? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they can be a
1: little. They get a little horny. Uh, yeah, they're they're always a little, you know, attractive.
2: Okay, <laughs> just wanted to get that on record. Just, just wanted to get. You know, I just they're... wanted to. That's official now. Whoever's keeping the get played Wikipedia is. Oh, like add...
1: I invented. Huh? Being uh, like, Dracula's being sexy. I invented. Dracula's
0: it. are naturally horny. There, that that's that's the uh, interview with a vampire. That's a very horny movie. Who's horny as shit? Hey, the Castlevania series is pretty horny. I gotta watch this
2: yeah. thing. I'm I i do not know why I'm giving you shit about it. It's just I I had imagined in my well, head. Well we never do like, this to
1: you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had imagined the Bram Stokers Dracula, Dracula, like sort of rat faced and like yeah, oh, sure. Leathery, and then because so oh yeah 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 yeah, which is a strange. That's my most impressionable experience of a Dracula. Mm-hmm. So when you were like oh yeah you know, and I had already built up like an image of a man made out of rats,
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: which was an in- iconic and horrible scene. It sounds uh, Dracula scary. turns. He turns into. So he's, he's making out with Winona Ryder, and mm-hmm. all the vampire hunters come in to kill him, and he steps into the shadows, and in order to escape the vampire hunters, they shine a flashlight on him, and he's now a human figure made out of rats, and they all fall to the ground and run and scurry yeah. in different directions.
1: Not usually um, what I'm used to Dracula doing. I'm, I'm thinking bats usually, but this one's rats. Yeah.
2: Well, no, it was clear that you thought sucking your dick. That's what <laughs> you <Yeah, laughs> imagined doing.
1: Yeah, I never hear uh, the end of <laughs> what they're saying when they say I want to suck. I'm like, yeah. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, I'm va- I'm passionate about vampire survivors. Matt is passionate about Dracula's sexually, but Heather, <laughs> I don't go that far. You're passionate about a game in a series you mentioned. Yes, and this is a new new segment we're going to do this week. One of us is going to tell the other two about a game they care deeply about. This is Game and Tell.
2: It's 1991, and you're at a Pizza Hut or a car wash because your dad's Buick is getting a deep clean. Or maybe a 7-Eleven or a laundromat, and there's an arcade in the corner. Probably only three machines, T.O.P.S., Rampage, Smash TV. You got to stand on a milk crate to play. And you want to play because there's this new game with bigger characters and flashier graphics. For 50 cents, you can try this glowing, ridiculous fighting game. It's called Street Fighter II, and it's a sequel to a game that nobody ever played or saw or heard of. For those of you who have never played Street Fighter Two, here's how it works: there are six buttons and a joystick. Three punches, three kicks of increasing strength. If you press them in combination with moving the joystick around, you throw out some fancy special moves like Hadouken or Shoryuken. It's one of the greatest games ever designed. If you're too young to remember Street Fighter II, you probably still played it on your older sibling's console or a cousin's house or an uncle's. If you're a grandma, you remember watching your kids play. If you've got your own kids, you grew up with Street Fighter. By 1993, two years after it was released, there had been more than $2 billion in adjusted sales for Street Fighter II. To this day, it remains Capcom's second best-selling individual video game of all time. And according to Tech Times, 46 million copies of Street Fighter have been sold as of June 2021. To put that in perspective, that's more copies than the Beatles' Sgt. Pepper. If Street Fighter was music, it would be one of the top 10 albums ever produced. Street Fighter 2 was refined a bunch of times, adding small elements to the game. One of the upgrades introduced super moves, which were basically automatic combos. They could be performed once per fight, and they did a ton of damage. Super moves appeared in every new Street Fighter game made after Street Fighter 2. They're five or six flashy punches or kicks, like a last-ditch effort to win a fight. Why do I know so much about Street Fighter? Well, because I've been playing Street Fighter my whole life. Here I've got for the boys footage from the first American tournament for Street Fighter in 1994. Matt, would you share the clip? So, pause. See that yellow hat in the background with the Mighty Mouse on it and a dinosaur t-shirt? That's me. Wow. Wow. That's me. With dangly earrings waiting for my turn in the 1994 Street Fighter tournament in Chicago. Wow. So Street Fighter 2 didn't get a sequel until 1999 when Street Fighter 3 came out. And after all of this excitement, Street Fighter 3 was a disaster. It featured none of the characters we'd grown to love, save for Ken and Ryu. The moves were more complicated. Street Fighter III failed because the designers thought most people were playing Street Fighter II with intention, consciously, but it turns out most players were just mashing the buttons. From Wikipedia... Street Fighter III struggled to break even in Japan with a high budget of $8 million while only selling 1,000 cabinets. Worldwide arcade sales estimates range from between 1,000 and 10,000 units sold. Next Generation magazine at the time reviewed the arcade version of the game, rating it four stars out of five, saying, The great mystery is why Capcom called this Street Fighter III instead of leaving that honor for a more powerful and revolutionary 3D title. Gameplay in the Street Fighter series reached the ceiling of 2D possibilities a while ago, and as good as this game admittedly is, besides the stunning graphics, there's little to distinguish it from the eleven games before. GamePro made it even worse. It said it makes you look forward to the next Street Fighter installment rather than getting you excited about playing this one repeatedly. Street Fighter III didn't have the cultural impact of Street Fighter II. We didn't get a movie starring Jean Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia. But one new move in Street Fighter 3 ended up changing the whole world. For real. This move is called the parry. Street Fighter 3 has the parry. So in Street Fighter 2, you defend against an attack by pressing away from the other character with your joystick. But you always took a tiny bit of damage. Sometimes that tiny bit of damage would kill you if all the health you had left was a tiny bit of damage. In Street Fighter 3, you could choose to avoid this damage by pressing toward your opponent in the small window of time when an attack hit you, and it would deflect that tiny amount of damage, and it would also leave your opponent open to retaliation. That high-pitched, like, tinny sound, that's a parry. If you press toward at the wrong moment, though, you just walk into an attack, Full damage, game over. So in Street Fighter III, you can block or parry. Every assault is an opportunity to parry. In Street Fighter III, every time you attack, your attack can be deflected, which means that every attack is a risk, and every parry is dancing on the knife's edge of failure. This dance of offense and defense is why Street Fighter III failed, but only in popular culture. Street Fighter 3 helped usher in a world of esport tournament fighting. In 2002, a group of 40 people held a tournament to see who was best at playing the intricate and difficult Street Fighter 3. By 2004, this tournament had been christened the Evolution Championship Series, and there were now 700 people playing for the title of Best at Street Fighter. People traveled from all over the world to compete in this esport tournament. 700 people in 2004? we're about to witness something spectacular. After hundreds of fights, the final match came down to Japanese player Daigo playing against an American, Justin Wong. In the final fight, Daigo demonstrated just how complicated parrying could get in a moment that would become known as... Evo Moment 37. Now remember, the parry works like this. Tap forward when your opponent is about to hit you. If you block, you take damage. So if you have no health, your only option is to parry. And that's the situation at the end of the final round of the tournament. Daigo has traveled all the way from Japan and is playing as the character Ken. Ken has no health left in the final match of the 2004 tournament. Justin is playing as Chun-Li. He has a full super meter, which means he can unleash a super move that will bombard Ken with an insane flurry of kicks. Justin only needs to hit Daigo once, blocked or unblocked. Street Fighter games are animated at 60 frames per second. At the end of the final round, Daigo must tap forward with perfect timing... Over and over again to parry every attack. And the first parry must be done within one sixtieth of a second, or he'll die. It's like if Muhammad Ali was fighting Mike Tyson and Ali threw 14 jabs in seven seconds and Mike Tyson deflected, not blocked, but deflected every single punch. Here's what happens.
3: Rare footage of Daigo actually angry. Justin's turtle style. Overcome Rao. Now on the verge of putting Daigo down. One nothing. (laughs) <laughs> Unbelievable! Tago with a full parry, the combo with the combo and win. Evolution 2004. It's
0: madness! It's undiluted madness. It's one of the best clips. Every every time I watch that clip, I have to watch it like six times in a row. It's just so. It's it's just it's it's such a compelling piece of footage, just the combination of of expertise, plus the crowd just popping so hard. So great. It's
2: it's 14 perfectly tapped forward presses in seven seconds, followed by the input for his counter move. Daigo uses Ken Super and wins the round and the clip goes viral. Nick's seen it. Matt's seen it. You may have seen it. And by 2010, 1,800 people are fighting for a $20,000 prize. 2011, all 50 states of the U.S. are represented, as well as 44 additional countries. Street Fighter IV is released, and because of this fanaticism and the Evo tournament... Interest goes exponential. Evo saved Street Fighter. Competition saved Street Fighter. And the tournament moved to Paris, Las Vegas, then the Las Vegas Convention Center, and then to the same arenas where actual fights take place in Vegas. More than 5,000 people enter the tournament competing for the top prize. There's even discussion of making esports a full-blown Olympic event. And all because one man pressed forward 14 times in seven seconds, inspiring thousands of others to believe in themselves. Today, we're talking about Street Fighter III Third Strike, and this is Game & Tell on Get Played. Wow. Wow. You know, the idea
0: behind changing our podcast format in the new year was to make it a little bit less work on all of us. And Heather... You just wrote a term paper.
1: <laughs> you've done you've done more work than we've done the entire show. Yeah. Well, that was I fantastic.
2: L- guys, yeah, very I, good. I love I mean like I love I'm passionate about Street Fighter. And right. Street Fighter 3 specifically. Um I written. This many reviews about Street Fighter 3, some of which are still available online. Others have been stricken from the record by the end of published media. <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to, when I was doing my first shows in Los Angeles, there was an arcade next to the theater where we performed. And I would play Street Fighter 3 all the way up until the moment it was time to run on stage. Like oftentimes leaving who, like the, Line of people who were there just with my character and being like, sorry, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go do a show. Um It is it is. I don't think I've played any other game, even Assassin's Creed Valhalla at, with as many hours or as much of my life dedicated to it. Wow. And again. Like I said, when it first came out, it was a fucking failure. Mm -hmm, Like so many fucking people were so angry about Street Fighter 3. The characters were Ryu and Ken, who most people know. But then there was this guy, Alex, who was a wrestler. uh, And he was designed because they thought that uh, American audiences would like a wrestling main character. Dudley, who was a British boxer. Uh, Elena, who was uh, um, an African princess from Kenya. Ibuki, who is an inspiring female ninja. ninja. Necro, who's a Russian dude who's got like stretchy arms, sort of like Dalsim. Oro, who's a, a hermit who can like use psychic powers. Sean, who was... Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Sean, who's just like a dude from a coffee shop. No, he's yeah. uh, he's Ken's uh, uh, apprentice. There's Yoon and Yang, who are twin Kung Fu experts, uh, and Gil, who is the leader of a secret organization which wants to turn Earth into a utopia. I- I'd like to contrast that with M. Bison, who's like out for like personal power and destruction. The right. main anta- One of the main antagonists of Street Fighter 3 was a dude who wanted to make the world a better place. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, it's, it's. I'll say this. And I think, you know, 97 or, or so when this this cabinet started appearing in arcades, my experience with Street Fighter three, having been someone who played a lot of Street Fighter two and bought a couple of the home ports uh, is I just remember being confused and what you were talking about, Heather, of like the reaction of Street Fighter V, a lot of people being like the roster is weird and it was slower mm-hmm. and, you know, it had some new mechanics that that, you know, people didn't respond to. That was, I think, generally the response to Street Fighter Three, at least the initial version of just like this. Like, what is this? This isn't what we want from Street Fighter II. These aren't the characters we remember from Street Fighter Two. Where's Zangief? Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and and so people were were unable to see. First off, how deep the gameplay is, which is something that I just, you know, still as a a superficial fighting game player can't fully appreciate myself, but can understand it from the competitive scene. But also just the most gorgeous sprite work and 2D animation of maybe any game. I mean, it's just this game is so fucking visually dazzling. It looks so good.
2: Yeah, it is. It is stunning. And I think. I, I feel like I read somewhere, and I'm sure I could I could I could look it up now. It was something like six thousand frames of animation, which is an enormous amount of animation for a 2D fighting game, especially in the 90s. Now there are games with much higher resolution and I think much higher animation fidelity, but I don't believe any of those were animated by hand. Like, I think a lot of that is like an armature or a puppet where you move segments of a character around, but you Mm -hmm. aren't aren't actually animating the character. I think exceptions to that may be like games like Skullgirls, which I believe is completely hand animated, but I'm not sure. Um, This isn't a journalism podcast. It's a comedy podcast. And I haven't told a joke in, oh, man, like 20 minutes or however long I was fucking talking. (laughs) (laughs)
0: This game didn't get a home port for until the Dreamcast because, you know, the the uh, the Saturn was was a little bit more 2D focused, but the N64 and the PlayStation one were not as 2D focused. They were more built around 3D and then just it was just they couldn't run, you know, this level of of 2D animation. And so, you know, with the, that 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 way, I think, was part of why this game was was so underground. It didn't have like the the Street Fighter 2 home ports that were so widely played.
2: Yeah. The only place that I could play it was an arcade. So I would right. have to go to an arcade, mm-hmm. which, you know, in a pandemic is sort of unfeasible to me, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. but infeasible, unfeasible, unfeasible,
1: non fungible,
2: non fungible. <laughs> but another thing I want to just as like a side note, um, I think I've talked about that, that fighting games tournament clip before mm-hmm. yes. on the podcast. Um also visible in that like video footage is Seth Killian, who ends up being on Team USA and fighting in the Japanese Street Fighter Tournament, I think in 1995 or 1996. Um, he and the rest of Team USA are then subject of a lost documentary called Bang the Machine, which was lost because the Masters were destroyed in 9-11. Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, but that's the, what they were really after, <laughs> but Seth ended up becoming such a staple of the street fighter community that he ended mm-hmm. up working for Capcom and being part of the, um, internal development of street fighter four, which is why the main boss in street fighter four is named Seth. Uh, this you've
0: told me before. Yeah. Yeah. Which Very is cool. pretty
2: fucking crazy Yeah. that he's in that video of me as a kid, mm-hmm. and we're both in Chicago playing Street Fighter.
0: Wild. Life that's like some
2: insane. real sliding door shit right there, right, guys?
0: It really is. I mean, that's- so, I Seth's the movie, now my friend also, so.
2: but we didn't we yeah. didn't meet until we were adults. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's pretty pretty, pretty fucking wow. crazy. How do we talk about Street Fighter 3?
0: Well, we, I want to ask you- Great. Let me say this, or er, l- let me ask you this. Because I I don't feel like this game was really on the map until its revision third strike because you yes. have you know you had Street Fighter three the the vanilla Street Fighter three as you mentioned the roster was very strange uh, and it was just sort of a different like like people just didn't really know what to do with it the second impact comes out and then third strike what what is your I guess like 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 are you. Uh, uh, contemporaneous like are you playing third uh, are you playing Street Fighter three when it's out in arcades are you checking out second impact are you checking out third strike or do you come to this later and also what is it about third strike uh, my two barrel question what is it about third strike that makes it so much better than Street Fighter three to people who play this game competitively
2: all right so Street Fighter three is slow it is much much slower than Street Fighter uh, second impact or third strike Uh it's not only slow, it has a very, very small roster of characters. Like, the original Street Fighter 2 is just those like eight people, right? And then they yes. add the bosses, and then they add Cammy and Fei Long and all the rest of them. Uh, so, Street Fighter 3, I-, I didn't get many opportunities to play at arcades in Chicago growing up, mostly because you couldn't find a cabinet. Couldn't find like, the fucking thing. Like, it, w- I-, I think there was one cabinet out in the suburbs that my parents would drive me to, because my parents are also in that video because they had to bring me to the tournament. Uh, and there's, so I'm, I would get driven out to an arcade and they'd be like, okay, we'll pick you up in like seven hours or whatever. Uh, this was an arcade that ran on nickels. So you could get, like you pay a, a flat entrance fee and then you'd get the rest of your uh, your tokens were nickels. Mm-hmm. So you could play a long, long, long time at this arcade. I think they had a regular vanilla Street Fighter three machine, but Super Street Fighter II Turbo had come out not too soon before this. So most of the crowd is at Super Street Fighter two Turbo. Yes. Right? But when... Second Impact came out. They had uh, a couple more machines in the local arcades and at this arcade out in the uh, the suburbs. And I played Second Impact a lot at arcades and a lot at uh at this arcade in the suburbs. Uh, Akuma was an unlockable secret character. I was constantly playing as Akuma. Uh, and then by the time Third Strike rolls around, it felt like they had finally perfected. You know, it's 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 like when you hear a a remastered version of an album. And you're like, Oh, this was probably the intention of this, of this album. And people might prefer the original unbalanced vocals and unbalanced guitar or whatever. But most people are going to appreciate the third version of this game, much like a remaster of an album. Plus they brought back characters like Chun-Li and you're like, it's fucking Chun-Li. Yes. Yes. Who doesn't yeah, you, like Chun Li? Just, you got you,
0: you, you got to love I love her. Chun-Li could not like Chun-Li more uh, if you have a I, I think there is something to the just the coherence of the series of like yeah you just need just enough th- of a through line of yeah you can add new characters but you need some familiar faces in there and and, and in Street Fighter 3 yeah at, at first there was just like everyone you're just like what's going on here who are these guys. And also, I just remember flailing around with this. A, a similar experience to you. There was one, I think, Street Fighter Three cabinet at the four area arcades where I grew up, and it was just kind of, you know, mostly ignored. And then I remember playing around with it, and I can't remember if if who was on the original roster, if there was the if Q was on it or if Q was added later whatever, one of the weird fucking characters, or maybe it was Oro, I remember playing around with them just because th- I, I was like, oh, I think this character design looks neat, and then not knowing how the fuck to play it. Because, like, you know, if there had just been Guile in there, it's like, okay, I know how to do a flash kick, I know how to do a Sonic Boom, but I don't know what this guy's moveset is, I don't know how he plays. Uh, and so I think that there was just, it, it was just so much new stuff for an audience that had been, that had spent five years at this point playing mm-hmm. Street Fighter Two and, and it and its follow-ups, you know?
2: Yeah, it's it's it it's both brave and baffling mm-hmm. that the roster of Street Fighter Three was so different than the roster of Street Fighter Two, and Street Fighter Two was sort of like you you chose. I mean, they were all these cultural stereotypes, like Zangief's right. like a big Russian dude who uh, who's a big wrestler and he fights bears, and uh, then there's Honda and he's a sumo wrestler. Like it it felt you know uh, uh, re- reductionist and 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 right. a little bit offensive and everything but in the There's early Blanca, 90s he's from
0: brazil so he's a monster yeah. right exactly yes.
2: <laughs> but in the in the early 90s it's like oh i want to play as the american guy of course yes. he's into the military sure. oh i want to play as the other american guy he's like a hollywood like pretty boy like oh i want to play as the guy who's um uh, a Hong Kong martial arts expert from movies the Bruce Lee type none of you can like you could choose a character based on stuff that you liked and in Street Fighter 2 whereas in Street Fighter 3 it's like who 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 likes boxing but also likes British dandies yes, like, yeah. he's like, <laughs> like if you're if, oh I'm, I'm 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 super into um i'm super into street fighter games i can't wait to play as uh the giant um the giant professional wrestler based on andre the giant right or the ashen faced like Gross human who sings when he wins, Necro. Like yeah. Necro's winning was like an opera singer. So you're Ugh. like, no, you couldn't be like, oh, I'm gonna play as I wanna play as the Spanish bullfighter, which would be like a real like Street Fighter 2 style character. Right. And instead it's like Ah, uh, yeah, I want to play as the guy who's got one arm in a, in a, in wrapped up and he's living in a cave.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and they totally reversed this with Street Fighter 4. Street Fighter 4 brought back almost everybody from Street right. Fighter 2 and then eventually incorporated a bunch of other Street Fighter, like Street Fighter Alpha characters, et cetera, et cetera. Um, You could play as Blanca, as Honda, you, but they so so it was it was desperate. It was the force awakens of Street Fighter games where they're like, we've yes. got to go back to what's popular, guys, and do basically the same thing, add a few new things and, and people love it. And, and we did. What were we going to say, Nick?
0: I, well, just on that point real quick, I'll just say that there there is a there's a human tendency to say you want variety, but in actuality, what you want is the same thing. So I I'd, I'd read this thing recently about top forty radio and how the genesis of that was, uh, you know, radio station operators had realized that that when they played fewer songs, more more people would listen their their numbers would go up, but people still wanted to think they were getting variety, so you would have top forty, which sounds like a lot. But in actuality, they were playing a rotation of a lot fewer songs. They were saying, like, here's a top 40 songs we're playing, but they're actually playing about 25 songs. And that was the sweet spot of we're giving you what you want from a marketing standpoint, what you think you want, and then we're giving you what you actually want in by delivering the product. I think it's the same sort of principle with something like a fighting game roster. It's like, yeah, I want new characters, but really, they want the same fucking characters they've been playing for years. Uh, I was going to say on that note, I, I don't think I've told the story in the podcast before, but... Uh, years ago, I was at my my sketch group was doing a show and randomly Christopher Guest came to watch it. And if you're someone in the improv like sketch sort of world, it's kind of like Christopher yeah. Guest, Lorne Michaels, Larry David. Like those are like kind of like king makers, pe- king makers who could be like someone who oh. sees you perform and then is just like, wow, th- I'm going to give this person sort of an improv sort of sketch Career path. You yeah. sure that's uh, not just
2: a list of like white guys?
0: <laughs> those are white. Those are white. Three white guys. <laughs> Though they, coincidentally, they have power in Hollywood. I don't know if that's related. <laughs> um, anyway, so like you know, he's on the short list of holy shit, Christopher Guest. Like uh, you, you could be in a Christopher Guest movie or whatever. But by by coincidence, this happened to be a sketch show where for the entire show, I was playing in character as Zangief.
1: So <laughs> so this is like the worst night of your life. Yeah,
0: so so I'm wearing just underwear, yeah. fake chest hair, a fake mohawk, uh, and I'm talking in a Russian accent the whole time, uh, doing spinning punch jokes for, <laughs> for a very confused legend in his 60s. Yeah, um, yeah. That's Not that it would have been cast anyway, but it was just like a very like like all right, well, was that, there's that.
2: wait that was a that was a full sketch show that wasn't a tournament of nerds because that no, feels was, like a feels like a tournament I, of nerds bit.
0: I've done that. I've. I mean, I did that bit in other contexts, but no. This was a sketch show. This was my sketch group. A kiss from Daddy, and we did a whole sketch show that was a Christmas pageant. Uh, And uh, my character's joke was that uh, Zangief lives at the North Pole. Um, So,
1: (laughs) I like that. That's really that was fun. I don't know if I've ever said this. So, like, I mean, I I've mentioned certainly that my friends and I were super into Street Fighter Four, but we were all in. theater of course and uh and comedy sports which is like a short form improv uh like program for like high schoolers um and we were so we were involved in that and every year at school there was um the this was i mean a a few years after the movie dodgeball was like new so there was like a dodgeball tournament in the gym every year like after that Mm -hmm. and um the year one year i had i had a lot of really funny ideas for costumes by the way and i mean that was like the, you had to, the part of it was costumes you had to like help come, come in like a theme and one of my pitches was everybody was abraham lincoln uh and we didn't do that but i just thought it'd be really funny to see like like 20 abraham lincoln's throwing dodgeballs i think that's funny but what the year we won best costume was when me and my friends who were all in the in the class were like let's do street fighter costumes oh wow. uh and so a lot of us were just like I guess, like, some of people who were not very interested, we sort of, like, strong-armed our way into (laughs) into this theme because it was, like, enough of us that were interested. Um, So some people were sort of, like, generic, like, you know, like, uh, like martial art, like, type costumes. But I, like, went out of my way, like, I went through the prop closet to, like, make a, as close as I could, um, M. Bison costume because M. Bison was my main in Street Fighter Four, And... We got the shit kicked out of us. We like, uh, like, <laughs> we did not do well in the tournament, but we did win um, uh, best costumes, and that's I, wow. I, I. will see if I could dig up the photo because um, it's very funny. I'm doing the M Bison like, <laughs> like thing in the in the picture, and it was it was a lot of fun. That's great, that's- Heather.
0: Speaking of mains, who's your main if if we're playing Street Fighter Three?
2: Um well if we're playing Street Fighter 3 it's Akuma and if we're playing Street Fighter 4 it's Akuma and then Oni who was like Akuma's evil version so Oh
1: like,
2: no <laughs> even more evil Akuma He gets worse Uh and then I think <laughs> probably in Street Fighter 5 it will be Akuma also after after Second Impact I went Akuma main for the rest of the time because I was like look I don't, have. it's either I win by just constantly attacking. Like if I have to actually put any depth into my game mm-hmm. and be able to play offensive defense, a defense offense, like I'm not going to survive. Like I do right. not have the capacity to really, really slow play and be patient and figure out my opponent. It's like, I got to throw all my tricks at somebody and if they punch me once, I'm dead. And that's very, very much like that's in line with, I think, my attitude on the um, on the podcast, which is, you know, when you guys tell a joke, I immediately shut down.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, you, you push forward. You pair. Yeah, I
2: push forward constantly. <laughs> um, by the way, I did find out uh, I, I looked it up. So each character in Street Fighter three is made from 700 to 1200 individually drawn frames of animation. So that's per my character. God. So uh, that's a that's a lot. A lot of animation also we haven't you guys so how did you play it this week did you play it on switch did you play it on playstation you play the 30th anniversary
0: yeah i did the 30th anniversary on steam uh i really was like "I'll, i'll just get a i'll just get a fucking emulator and and download a rom and that's just enough of a pain in the ass uh, as I was as I was setting it up, I was like, you know, what? I'll just fucking suck it up and buy this goddamn thing and support the developers, I guess. Uh, but it's <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, yeah, I, I messed around with it. You know, it's not an ideal situation to be playing it with a an Xbox controller, uh, but it's I mean, it's gorgeous. That's that's my main thing is just like it's just such yeah. a it's such a beautiful game. I don't know what I'm doing at all, but the but the but I I I love looking at it. You know, it, it's just, it's such a, it's such a beautiful, beautiful visual spectacle. And also I like the
1: music.
2: Music yeah. is so good. We haven't even talked really about good. the music. No,
1: The music's really, really great. I was going to say, so I played it. I played the 30th anniversary edition on Switch. Um, Cause I weirdly own, I mean, look, I was, I, I, like I, uh, I, I love Street Fighter 4. That's probably the only Street Fighter I had played prior to that. Really? Maybe messed around with Marvel versus Capcom wow. a little bit um, when I was a kid but i have the um turbo um street fighter 2 uh like edition for switch i have that i own like a physical copy of that and so i got this anniversary edition um uh which has i think 12 games on it or something uh on, it has a pretty good package uh, it's a great package it's really nice it has a lot and, and my favorite thing on it though <laughs> we, like i mean aside from the game of course um is there's like a museum
2: Oh, I loved the museum.
1: The museum is really good. And it takes you through like a timeline, a, a timeline of Street Fighter history, like all the way through Street Fighter five. It's like it's really cool. Um, yeah. And I was thinking because I was playing it a little bit and uh, g- g- getting destroyed um, by the by the computer. <laughs> I'm not very good at Street Fighter, but I was thinking about this. and it, I, This has remained true since playing Street Fighter four for me is that. It's I can't think of another game that I love so much that I'm like that bad at. I'm not good mm. at I'm not good at Street Fighter at all and but it doesn't feel unfair to me cuz like I know that there are people who like really take the time to like learn the move sets and stuff and I'm like if I took the time to do it I might be okay at it but I'm just not that kind of fighting game player. I'm going to go ahead and mash buttons and be punished for it and not right. <laughs> and just get destroyed and ridiculed. Um, who, but it's who do fantastic. Who you play
2: as, Apodaca? Who's who, who? When you first you first booted up and you you choose a character, who'd you choose? I
1: went with somebody that I recognized. I went. I, I mean, it's going to be basic. It's like picking Mario. I went with Ryu. I, um, yeah, that's great because I'm at least familiar with Ryu's move sets enough that I can do some of his moves. But I also. I have a I uh, do have a fondness for Dudley. Um, yes, o- only because when I ordered I ordered Super Street Fighter Four. That was the edition that I purchased. My friends had Street Fighter like base Street Street Fighter Four, but by the time I was getting involved, Super Street Fighter Four was coming out. I ordered a bundle that came with um, a duffel bag that I loved until any you know, i took it everywhere that i needed to take things with until it got a hole in it um a water bottle with uh with uh with chun li on it and a t-shirt that was too big that had dudley on it and i was like i love this t i might have that t-shirt somewhere yeah. still um but because of the t-shirt i had a t-shirt with dudley on it i was like dudley's my guy i like dudley yeah um
0: but i naturally gravitated towards dudley because it's just like you look at him and it's just like ah, a gentleman brawler yeah. with a Wright brother's mustache. This this guy's in the wrong time. Yeah. And I like that. I like that he does not belong in the, the era in which this game is taking yeah. place.
1: And he's Gen Z because he has the middle part in his hair.
0: Yes, that's yeah. He he, lo- he looks like a, a, a bartender who would light an orange peel on fire.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll read you his background from the Street Fighter Wikipedia Dudley Mm -hmm. is an English boxer who was born into a wealthy English family. His father was a highly paid former athlete who turned successful businessman, adding more wealth to his already vast wealth. From the time he was a little boy, he wanted to be a fighter, but his family told him he was too small to compete. Later, his father lost his business and the family fortune. The losses prompted Dudley to take up professional boxing to earn back lost assets. Although he was told he was a bit small to compete in the heavyweight divisions, this prompted Dudley to train into a formidable boxer, both in speed and skill, and was successful in bringing his family back to affluence. So the backstory of your favorite character is he's a rich dude who got a little broke, and so he got rich again.
1: Yeah, I love it. Inspiring. (laughs) It's like Elon Musk. Yeah, he's a real uh, by-the-boots kind of guy. (laughs)
2: As Dud- Dudley is the Elon Musk. <laughs> <Street> <laughs> he even shows up in a car like all none of yeah. the other characters show up in a car. He gets dropped off in like a Rolls Royce. Yeah,
1: he must be so mad in the in the levels where they have to punch a car. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> that let, was another add- thing
2: that Street Fighter three didn't have was bonus stages, which right. were then re reincorporated by Street Fighter three second impact and third strike. I think third strike even has like the car. Yeah. It has the car demolition uh, t- attack. The famous, you beat up a car until it explodes. And then somebody goes, good job. And that's sort of the end of the, the, the match match, um, which was always nice. You know, yeah. you and somebody else, you should be fighting each other, but instead you're beating up a car and then you fight each other at the end. That's pretty good.
0: Very. I, nice. always, I always just would think of just how badly bruised your hands and feet would be you just
1: <laughs> beat up a sedan just shatter your hand immediately yeah <laughs> uh,
0: uh real quick I, i'm curious we we mentioned the music heather is there a track from the ost that you I fancy as a particular stage that you think so is so
2: many i've nicely played them on this show before i've mm-hmm. played street fighter songs on the show uh the first thing i did a museum was put the music on shuffle And then just like had it going in the background while I did something else. Yeah. I think this is my favorite music track from Street Fighter Three Third Strike. It's called Jazzy NYC
1: 99. Man. And was this music present in the original? Or is this stuff that they... you know if they added this?
2: Each version of Street Fighter Three got a new soundtrack.
1: Wow. So they were like, let's go as hard as we can for Third Strike. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the same Fucking composer rules. for all of them, who is uh, Hideki Okugawa. Uh, he also did soundtracks to X-Men Children of the Atom. mm uh, Street Fighter Three, uh, Mega Man Legends, Street Fighter Alpha Three, Dead Rising, Resident Evil Operation, Raccoon City, and Ultra Street Fighter Four, where he's just special thanked, but um, uh, to do a, dude we, with we a lot of credits. What? Huh,
0: Nick? A lot of credits. I, I was just gonna say, like we, like we, the Street Fighter credit uh, series you just talked about, the Alphas is so sprawling that it's like we didn't we didn't even touch on the the alphas and how they tied into the lineage of Street Fighter 3 or the Street Fighter EX. I remember those, the I I rented the Street Fighter one of the Street Fighter EXs for PlayStation 1, uh which was like kind of their 3D version and being like what the fuck is this? Uh this sucks. Uh but <laughs> the but like they 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 tried they had so many different iterations of Street Fighter by the time Street Fighter 3 came out and I think that was partly why there was some market confusion.
2: Yeah. I mean, also the Alpha series was really anime influenced, like a lot of like um at the time very modern anime graphics and, and uh character art. Um, and Street Fighter Three was a little bit chunkier. It was like a th- hmm. like their feet and hands were thick. It was a strange <laughs> like you go into the arcade, you don't want to play as somebody who's got real thick feet. A lot of these characters had thick feet. Yeah. Thick-footed boys,
0: <laughs> stop drinking so much sugar water. Uh, let's uh, uh, let's. Uh, well, Heather, any 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 final thoughts before we wrap up this game and tell?
2: I think if you're out there and you haven't had the opportunity to play Street Fighter Three, you should at least look up the animation, the art style, the sprite work, uh, because you can appreciate it on its own without having to worry about how do I play this game. I'm overwhelmed. Everything's happening too fast. Like you can, you can appreciate it just as like a piece of art. And, and I think that's testament to why this game is incredible beyond the actual mechanisms of control input and the meta game of how you play against another person. It's one of, if not my favorite game of all time.
1: Wow. Street Fighter three.
2: Wow. Wow. Third Strike, not not the original. I won't, I won't put that on any list. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Game and Tell, guys. Thank wow. you for coming along.
0: Thanks for sharing. Loved it. Thanks, Heather. That was amazing. And hey, it, it's time for a segment. That's right. Yeah.
1: Um, hmm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For, from for those that of you to listening, that. from those of you listening at home, Matt immediately <laughs> threw a rake down on the ground and stepped on it, and it just smacked him right in the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
1: what's funny about it is that I did prepare stuff, but did I yes. prepare an intro? <laughs> you better fucking believe I didn't. Um, <laughs> okay, let's. It's it's time for a segment. Can Nick and Heather? Can Nick and Heather guess the can hmm, can okay? Can Nick and Heather guess which game is being spoken about? No, that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Just use all of this. Use all of it. Can Nick and Heather guess the game based on the reviews? It's time for blind item reviews. I love it. Not bad. So what I'm going to do is, we're, uh, I'm going to read some reviews: a, a negative review, a mixed review, and a positive review. All of the same game. Wow. And the important bits of you know, where they mention the name of the game and, in particular, yes. things about the game that might give it away right. have been redacted. And I will replace those by saying blank. You're gonna. You don't guess until the end. There's only one of these. Okay. So you're going okay. I'm going to read all the reviews. Maybe we can talk in between each review just to sort of see where you guys are at, where you're thinking. And by the end, if you can guess, you win. Great. Okay, okay. can I take one blind
0: guess up top in the spirit of the game? Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, you both get a blind guess each. Okay, great. My blind item guess is a uh, Tomba for PlayStation 1.
1: Okay. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. (laughs) Okay, now, Heather, do you want to do a blind guess?
2: Uh, Was there, like, a Kingdom Hearts-Tony Hawk crossover?
1: fuck!
0: (laughs) (laughs) If that came out, Matt wouldn't still be alive. Yeah, I'd be dead.
1: (laughs) I would have uploaded my consciousness into the game. (laughs) Uh, No, both bad guesses and um, how dare you try to make a fool of me. Um... (laughs) okay so here we go here's i'm gonna start with the negative review first okay here we go i've put about 20 hours into this game so far but that's as much as it's getting it looks amazing and it's technically very impressive but it's utterly boring it's bad enough that you have to blank but why make it so painfully slow getting around the world is tedious making even the otherwise fun activities like blank a chore the controls are awkward and combat is weak how it has ninety seven from the pro reviewers is a mystery, but it probably involved pots of money.
2: Oh, I know the okay, game. So you know the game. Yeah, I know the game.
0: Okay, I I have an idea that there's some clues with open world. Like it seems it seems to imply an open world, and that uh, you know the twenty hours definitely gives you something in terms of its length.
2: I know, I know. When do I just guess? Well, if you we're, guess, we're supposed
0: to wait, right? If I, I guess
2: uh, and I'm wrong, I don't get to guess again. Okay, but if you guess and you're right, then the game's over. over. Yeah. Here,
0: here, just 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 keep it in your head, and Heather, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll believe you. Keep it in your head. We'll believe you if we get to the end and you're like, oh, I was right all along. Yeah, you have no reason to lie about it. Yeah.
2: Well, I like to win.
1: Okay. Well, you might win anyway. All right. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Great. Here's the mixed review. This yeah. game is really overrated. I should also say, by the way, all these reviews are uh, contemporary from when it was released. Okay. Okay. Um, This game is really overrated. The amazing environment is the only thing that really stands out, if you ask me. Controls are bad, and every interaction looks slow and clumsy. The menus are outdated, missions lack variety, and most of them consist of several tedious minutes of blank and blank and some trivial gunfight. Without blank, each mission would probably last five minutes or less. Gunfight? definitely a clue there yeah i was right for sure i was right okay maybe this game sucks uh <laughs> 97
0: is a very high score too there are a few games that have that sort of consensus Yeah.
1: okay well here's the po- i'm gonna read the positive and then heather okay great since you called it first you can guess first yeah okay, you guess great. first and then nick you can't lie if you if you had another thought okay if you okay. were thinking something you can't we will know if you're lying Okay, great. Okay, here's the positive review. Quality. That's what this game is. Many try to do what blank does and fall flat on their face. There is a reason why blank takes years to develop their games because they value quality rather than quantity. Blank has just said No, I'm just reading a little more. Blank has just set the bar for open world games. This masterpiece, this work of art, this gift from the gods, is so good that I told my girlfriend I am too sick to come over and give her the D. Okay, I think I know what this is.
2: Well, Nick wrote that review, so it doesn't count.
1: <laughs> <Nice> Disqualified. <laughs> but right. that was a true review that I read. I mean, uh, you know, a yeah. user review, but somebody wrote that and felt okay with themselves.
2: All right, Heather. NBA Jam.
1: No, Heather, that's not what you were thinking. (laughs) I wish that was it.
2: I wish that was the answer. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is my guess.
1: Wow. Nick, do you have a guess? I promise not to lie.
0: I was going to say the same thing.
1: Wow. Well, in the spirit of the game, Heather, you guessed first. You win. Nick, I'm sorry. You lose. (laughs)
2: It was NBA jam.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's on fire.
1: <laughs> and if you're listening I there was, and you guessed, maybe let let us know when you guessed. Hashtag um I, I guessed early. Yeah, with the
2: um. Hashtag, <laughs> yeah. uh, hashtag um, U-H I
1: guessed early. <laughs> I guessed early.
0: <laughs> I thought there was a there was a, a point where I thought it might be Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, but because because the complaints about the combat and then also just like it having such a high score and and a semi open world but then once it got into gunplay i was like ah this has got to be that fucking
1: that was and you know can i say Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that was one that part of that review was something i struggled with redacting or not i was like do i take this out i don't know how it's gonna go in the first round if if they're even gonna get it do i leave a clue but lots of games have guns yeah, it could have, could have been Cyberpunk. It could have I been, it,
0: it, it yeah. It could, could, have, could have been Grand Theft Auto 5. Mm-hmm. That was great, Matt. Hey, good th- segment. Hey, thanks so much. That was Blind <laughs> Item Reviews. Wow, that was Blind Item Reviews. And that was this week's Get Played. You can follow us on social media at Get Played Pod. Our music and engineering are by Devin Bryant. You can follow him on Twitter at Baffle Gabs. And to give you guys a little tease about next week, next week we're going to be discussing the film Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. If you want to subject yourself to watching that movie, Uh, and see if you sync up with our thoughts.
2: Hey, you know what? If you do watch that movie, I'll tell you up front, you got played.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, everyone.
2: (laughs) Goodbye, Bucket.